and thanks for joining us on our podcast program today. This is Robin Swift, president of the Servant Leadership Institute. You know, one of the most common questions we are asked is, what can I do as an individual to grow as a servant leader? It's a great question, and today we're going to give you some things you can start doing right away. And we have Carol Malinsky in the studio with us, SLI's Director of Content and Curriculum, to help us explore this question. Hi, Carol. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, it's it's a great subject because I think the important thing to emphasize in what you said, Robin, was you can start this today. And there's not that many things, behavioral changes, where you can just boom, right? I'm going to start right as of this moment to try making a difference. Exactly. And in our world today, it seems like everything has to be done in epic proportions. (laughs) And so often it's the small actions that can make a big difference to people. So we're going to explore this. And um, one of the things to just note is we've developed a list of 10 things you can do today to begin as a servant leader. We're going to tackle the top five, the first five, I should say. And if you'd like to get a copy of this, just send us an email to uh, info at servantleadershipinstitute.com. And in the subject matter, put 10 things, and then we will send you a PDF of this uh, list so you can keep it tacked up right in front of you. But I'm excited to explore this because for so many years uh, working here at the Institute, people can have kind of... um, a defeated way about them as well. This is great, but my company's never going to bring you guys in for training. Uh, our culture's never going to change. So there's nothing I can do, right? Right, right. And what we're saying is, these in these ten things is really a grassroots effort to change what you're doing, which is going to turn around and help to create this culture that you want to achieve. Now, I'm not naive about these things because I've experienced um, many of these things that we're going to be talking about, but, uh, you know, because you're going to run up against tough times. You're going to run up against people that just don't, will never be there in that place, that servant leadership thinking, but don't let that stop you. There's no reason to let it stop you. If you change how you're acting toward people, you will see changes in them. And that's the good news. So we have good news, bad news. <laughs> the good news is there really is something you can do. The bad news is you're going to have to start doing it once you hear this. There's no more excuses. That's right. There's no budget involved either. Right. No budget, no training. Mm-hmm. You just have to do these simple things. We'll start with the <laughs> first five. Okay, Carol, let us uh, jump in here. Want to read the first one? Sure. So number one is, and these are not in any particular sort of priority order. Um, Every day, get out of your office or your cubicle. Intentionally spend some time each day connecting with your employees or your team. Duh. (laughs) You may say duh, but we've actually, I've actually interfaced with a person who said to me, 
I didn't realize this was part of my job. Mm. Many people get hired in to a position to do a certain job, be it leading a group, not leading a group. But nobody ever says to them, part of your responsibility is to build relationship and to you know, get out of your office and go, go see what people are up to. Not, in a, not that you're going to go spy on people, that you're genuinely interested in the challenges that they are facing. And so it's really important to build those connections if you're a leader. And we want to advise people, plan this, right? Mm -hmm. Put this on your calendar to do. Now, that may sound silly because it is kind of a duh thing, but it's hard. If you're you're busy and you're trying to get everything done, you're going to look at this as, I'll do this later, perhaps. So we're saying as a servant leader, this is one of the key soft skills that you can begin right away practicing, and that is every day, get out of your office, your cubicle, wherever you are, and intentionally spend some time each day connecting with your employees or team. You may not have a lot of time to do this, but if you you pop in and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Tell me what you're working on or Mm -hmm. whatever. um, That can make a big difference to people. And and why is that? Well, because people want to know they matter. They don't want to feel like they're just a cog in the wheel, if I can borrow that expression. They're, They're human beings and they do have problems and we all know that we spend more waking time at our jobs than we do with our families so that all that time that you're at work um, it's so much healthier if you have relationships and you build those relationships you will find that you know people will not see you as some fearful entity you know they'll come to you over problems and they'll start to your trust will increase and they'll start to truly believe that you care about them and that you care about what they're doing and that makes a difference and it's not easy if um for example i'll just talk about um my transformation here working at sli i was one of those individuals that just was so set on getting things done, deadlines driven for results that I thought that was more important. I thought I was Mm -hmm. doing the right thing because I'm generating results. But it can be perceived that you don't care about anybody else or you're just, you know, running over everybody else or however it is. And so it really did take a different mindset for me, like, oh, this this is important. Nobody had ever told me that. I should know that. But being more an introverted person, I'm going to default to my little you know, office area, whatever, sometimes. Right, right, exactly. And that's why, you know, this is so deceptively simple because you do that simple act, but the benefit you reap is not only larger, it can be a whole lot more complex. You may find out some really great information by visiting with people while they're in their process. Mm, great point. Yeah. Okay, so we want to just emphasize that one uh, one more time. Just the first thing you can start doing every day, just get out of your area and spend some time connecting with people. Carol, what's the second thing you could be doing? So the second thing is, again, every day, and you're going to think I'm really silly, make eye contact and greet people that you pass in the hallway, even if you don't know them. 
When we began our servant leadership transition at Daytron World Communications, one of the key things we heard from our employees, and we're a manufacturing company, so you have many different you know, jobs going on. The main thing we heard from, from people who worked in our manufacturing area was, well, so-and-so never even says hi to me in the hall. So it was very hard for them to build, to feel like they could trust this individual or individuals, I should probably say. Um, you know, how do you trust somebody that doesn't even say hi to you? Mm. And what, you know, you may be the friendliest, nicest person in the world, but when you do that, you create this aura of aloofness and it contributes to this them and us kind of separation, right? Um, you have the people, the, the worker bees, quote unquote, and then you have the management individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, it can really cause problems that are, that are uh, a lot of times never spoken about. They're the unspoken. Mm. It's the unspoken culture, right? Um, where you, people think that management really doesn't care for them. So that simple act of acknowledging another human being in the hallway is very key, very critical. So that's the mindset of a servant leader that people matter. So therefore, um, you acknowledge them. Again, it sounds simple, but we saw an extreme example working with a particular company, Mm -hmm. won't name, (laughs) of a problematic area where they had to make it a policy that if you passed another person in the hall, you had to say hi. And it was sad to hear, but I was optimistic that they at least tried. At least they recognized <laughs> it, you know, that, exactly. that they had this issue. Because um, usually it's not even recognized. And we have all these wonderful platitudes and values up on the wall and all of these wonderful things that we say we do, but we can't say hi to one another in the hallway. <laughs> I mean, that's just crazy. Right. Yeah. And I think also, you know, as servant, as servant leaders, we don't put a lot of emphasis on titles um, because we believe if you have influence, with most influence, which most people do, you're a leader. Right. And it is what you do with that influence is, is the, the philosophy. Uh, but people do look at you as titles, and I think we can forget that sometimes. Oh, you're a VP, or you're a president, or you're a director, and we may forget that is intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really takes a person in that position to note that and break it down, you know, be more uh, available and right. open to people. So this really goes hand in hand with the get out of your office, the first point, um, those two things working together doesn't do any good to get out of your office and walk around with the people, you know, with the people you're responsible for, but you're not communicating. Oh, right. You know? Just lurking or something. (laughs) Exactly. Because initially, when you start doing that, you start interfacing with people on a regular basis, their first reaction, depending on the culture you have that's in place, is probably going to be a little suspicion a little uh, um, paranoid. Like they're being micromanaged. Right. right. And so, you know, you've really got to do the, you know, get out there with folks, but also 
put the communication part in. And it certainly doesn't have to be anything heavy duty, but just to say, hi, how are you? Be approachable. Right. Right. That's a perfect word for it. Perfect. So every day, make eye contact and greet people you pass in the hallways, even if you don't know them. You can just wave, say hi, Mm -hmm. make eye contact. Number three. So number three is every day find a way to say thank you for the way you've been served by somebody. And I, this is one of, this is really one of my favorites because I have come to feel that gratitude and making that a part of your life is so very, very important, not only for the person you're saying thank you to, but for you yourself. And I think it works to change your mindset and give you a much more positive attitude. Um, There are many who believe that if I hire you to be the receptionist or I hire you to work on a manufacturing floor, that I don't need to thank you because you're just doing your job. And the way I thank you is to give you an evaluation once a year and hopefully a raise. But that's not the point. The point is everybody wants to be acknowledged for the value that they bring. And so you've got to use that thank you word. And it will change you and it will change the individual that you're, you're speaking to. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of scientific work, I'm, I'm sure people know, a lot of scientific work done on the benefits of gratitude, how it makes us healthy overall when we have a, a grateful attitude for what we have. So it's very, very important to you know, acknowledge our folks that way, the folks that do the job, and to be specific about what you're thanking them for. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, gee, thanks that you came in today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a thank you for the way you did this particular report, it was really helpful to the rest of us that you expressed it in the way you did. Um, Thank you for how punctual you were in getting this particular thing done because now we can go to the next step. You know, be specific about what um, you appreciate them for. And when you're specific, you're also reinforcing the behavior you'd like to see more of. So, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a new person on our team that right away was jumping in and giving opinions about creatively ideas and this and that. I love that. As a a leader of the group, I think, great, you know, because we're processing ideas and this person feels safe to speak up. So I really wanted to reinforce that. You know, thank you for the way you gave your opinion on these, you know, different Mm -hmm. items, uh, projects where we really love that and then they see okay good that's good I can do more of that so you're it's twofold there you're not just acknowledging them but you are giving them a roadmap of of what you like to see as their manager and you want to encourage that right and I you know unless you're working in that type of field advertising marketing that kind of thing I don't think people are often thanked for giving their opinions Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important if you do want um, an environment where there are new ideas coming in, fresh perspectives about things. Yes, and so I. So that's really key. It is. And it reminded me, Carol, I recently met with someone who works in the financial industry for this particular company. 
she ran a group uh, that and did great with that team being collaborative and giving opinions and but it wasn't accepted within the culture of the company mm. in fact she was told I don't, we don't want to see that we don't want that <laughs> so what do you do in that case wow. I mean this is kind of a side note here of you know off a little bit of what we're talking about and giving thank you but th- you will run into those kind of when you hear us and giving this these tips you're going to run into the power model you know, you you can do your best to keep trying all the things we're saying, and, and it just may not be a fit, too. I just want to emphasize mm-hmm. that, that sometimes you can do so much to make a difference. But if if you're miserable and you feel it's going nowhere, then you've got to look for perhaps something that, that lets you be the person you are, yeah. which may be you like to thank people <laughs> for a yeah. job well done. Yeah. And if that's not accepted, you know, something to, to keep in mind there. Right. And I, I think... I think ultimately, you know, it will, those things will work themselves out. You reach a point where either, yeah, those little thank yous, you know, become, are allowed to go out there and work and they start changing the way people are thinking or things will unfold and you'll reach a point where you realize that it's just not going to work out. Right. You know, and you start looking for other opportunity. Yeah, it's just uh, the nature of, of the world when yeah. not everybody embraces right. this way of, of, of being uh, right. a servant leader. So, um, Carol, take us through the fourth thing you can do to begin growing more as a servant leader. So the fourth thing has to do with really um, a tool that you can use to um, build a structure in your group, in your team, your department, and that is to set up one-on-one meetings with each person once a week. Um, I know, you know, earlier in my career, I was never in a situation where, where you would have something like that. Um, later, as I got involved in servant leadership, it was um, very important to do that and really emphasized in the company that um, this was you know, how we wanted to operate. So that, that one-on-one meeting with your employee is really, really important because here's where you get to know the two of you build your relationship really in this one-on-one meeting. There's a lot of stuff that goes on during the week. You're in a lot of meetings with groups, but this is the two of you building a relationship. Um, We like to think that you know, we should be using this time for the sort of non-business things. But I know you and I have discussed this, Robin, and I know it's the way um, the way you have chosen to operate your one-on-one meetings is to really let the employee drive the agenda. And I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, let them decide what's most important to them as you are talking. Initially, you're probably going to have to prompt them a little bit because they've never experienced something where they would sit down with their boss and the boss would say, what would you like to talk about today? Right. You know, that's really foreign to them. And so you may have to sort of coax them and help them um, to be able to fashion their own agenda. 
Mm-hmm. I think. What do you, is there more you can add to that, Robin? I think so much of uh, what you're talking about, Carol, aligns with our founders' teaching that meet people where they are, what Art talks about, our barter, that really, yes, how, when they you start the meeting, just what would you like to talk about? Let the, And let there be a pause. Let them think about it. Maybe a little bit of nudging in the beginning, mm-hmm. but sometimes they want to go right to a project. Sometimes they want to go more strategic or maybe their careers, or sometimes they just have something personal they want to share and just go along with them, you know, just side by side, go through that. And I think that's super important. Now, some of you listening um, may not be in a position to have a one-on-one meeting, but it's something you could suggest perhaps to your manager, to your supervisor. And even if it's a short period of time, because now there's all different structures, right? We have people that have Mm-hmm. hundreds you know under them right, and right so how you do this is challenging um if you're at a depending on wherever you are in the organization yeah. if you're if you're not as i said in a position of having one-on-ones but you're more the person that would be in one and that's not happening ask your supervisor hey would you be open to scheduling maybe it's every other week right. maybe it's once <clears> a month <throat> but if it's nothing now and you get that time that's great yeah. So again, to Carol's point, her blog is out this week or coming up, I think, next week on, on growing as a servant leader. Just remember that that small action, that bite size. To, you know, right. Rome wasn't built in a day. Just try to move forward. And if again, if you're the one having the meetings, you may not be able to do this every week depending on the structure mm-hmm. of your organization. Focus you on may, your direct reports. Direct reports. Would, is what I would recommend initially. And virtually, you know, with Zoom and yeah. video cameras, we can do that. So whatever you can do, that's right. start where you right. can. And let me just add one other thing to that. You know, we it we goes without saying that we're all very busy in our jobs. If you need to, something comes up, you can't make the one-on-one meeting, be sure to reschedule that meeting. Don't just forget about it because your employee is watching and waiting and looking to see how you're going to handle stuff just like this. How important is it to you really? That's what they want to know. And uh, I've had employees tease me about (laughs) rescheduling their meetings or forgetting to reschedule their meetings. So Believe me, you don't want to do that. Sends a message that, oh, I'm, I'm low on the right. totem pole. And you're, Correct. Yes. Okay. And so. that may not be your intent at all, but the tyranny of the urgent gets in the way. So this is an area of building trust. Yes. Keep your commitments. Absolutely. And things happen, especially the higher you are in an organization. You might be pulled into sudden meetings, this and that. And just let your uh, employee know that. You know, I'll, I'll get to you. It's very important. Uh, I'll make sure I reschedule that. Just just have a, a open dialogue about, right. about that. That's, and if you've built a relationship, it's going to be okay. Exactly. Yeah. They'll understand. Yeah. And Great point, Carol. So that takes us to the fifth thing you can do today 
to grow as a servant leader. We covered five today. We have five more we'll cover in another podcast. And I just want to take this time to note, if you send us an email at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com and just put in the subject line, 10 things, we'll send you this PDF with all 10 tips. And that's something you can put right in front of you. So it's right there. So let's tackle number five, Carol. This is a, this is a, this, this, <laughs> this is a bugaboo. This one is to avoid gossip. And that is very, very difficult. So every day, avoid gossip and stop it when you can. First of all, being able to stop gossip or even be aware of gossip means you've got to have your finger on the pulse beat (laughs) of that team. And you won't have that if you haven't gotten out of your office and if you haven't met with your people and if you don't know them in any way. So it all sort of works together. I think one of the main things or one of the things that you can do with gossip is to just ask some very direct, plain, straightforward questions. Things like, you know, is this really true? Does that person always do this? Um, Look for distortions when people are talking. Um, And also to just um, ask yourself, is this useful? Or ask them, I'm sorry. Ask them, is this useful? The fact that we're talking about whatever this juicy bit of gossip is. And to look at your intention, which is a, um, you know, only you can look inside yourself and, and really say, what is, what is my intention in getting involved in this? Um, because there may be valid, there may be some valid conversation going on, some confidential conversation going on. But um, you really need to be, look at your own heart and, and decide what, what your intent really, truly is. Um, we like to we have a a term that we use for folks who indulge in gossip that is destructive and that is little foxes and um, we use that term because little foxes are the the fox itself is very attractive but also gets into being very destructive and so a little fox can be someone who likes to spread gossip it can also be, um, you know, company-oriented gossip. I mean, there are little foxes that just love to hear things like, you know, negative situations that may happen and blow them up out of perspective. Um, work might be slow, and the little fox is the one that goes around and says, oh, layoff must be coming because work is slow. Um, and before you know it, you know, it's a huge, frightening thing for people. Mm-hmm. So really important that you take a look at this little fox behavior. And I've got five tips for managing little foxes that I'd like to go through with you. One is to not underestimate the damage that those little foxes can do if they're not managed properly. Another is to still, even in the midst of this, to lead with love and compassion. So watch your temper, 
because <laughs> it's really easy, particularly in gossip situations mm -hmm. that can be so volatile, um, to lead with love and compassion for everyone. Um, the third one is to try and avoid hiring these type of little fox characters. Avoid hiring them in the first place um, by investing time in your hiring process and not just, you know, blindly um, getting people. The fourth one is to, to in, try and influence those little foxes to be more positive. I had a situation once where there was a person working in one of my departments who loved to gossip. She loved to, well, I, I like to say stir the pot, mm -hmm. just to see how people reacted. And she would actually admit to that. Um, interestingly enough, it was her immediate supervisor, through her immediate supervisor, talking to the group as a whole about this kind of behavior, talking to the group about the importance of teamwork and the larger purpose of what they were doing, um, won her over completely and her behavior changed dramatically. It was because he had built relationship and she respected him so much hmm. that the urge to meet his expectations became greater than her urge to see people upset and her be the cause of it. So she changed drastically. It was a great wow. thing, great thing to observe. Um, but if that doesn't work out and this behavior continues, then of course you've got to bring in your, you know, your HR process for correcting behavior. Um, and then of course the last the last point toward managing these little foxes is to confront them with the information that you have. Mm. And um, yeah, it's a hard conversation, but as a servant leader, it really is your responsibility to do that. Because the destruction they can cause. Yes. This is where if you follow Servant Leadership Institute, you know about our nine behaviors, and one of them is about uh, being courageous. Mm -hmm. And in this case, that is a courageous leader that doesn't just turn their back to these things but takes it on. Yeah. It's, it's in the how you take it on. You're not about diminishing people, but you have to confront something that really could be devastating to your whole team if you let these things go, devastating to your culture. So it's very important to be aware of this behavior, and it's tricky. You know, I've had people in my office seem like they're all about, you know, what we're doing and just all aboard, and then I hear about all this other stuff, and it's like, oh, it's crushing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's life where people, we have this right. behavior. We all have it. There's this mm -hmm. tendency, I know something. I got to tell everybody, or I can, if I say this, it's going to stir this up. And it, it just, it just, it's human nature sometimes, not the good part of us always. Right. I find um, what we teach here at the Institute about these really becoming a servant leader is, is, is so much about developing more emotional intelligence. So your level five leader, as John Maxwell talks about, is the highest of leaders, that servant leader that has these controls over these emotions, these urge to do things that can be destructive. And so I always look at my intention. I may go to a trusted individual and process something I've heard, but I know mm -hmm. it'll stay there. I know it's something I have to 
get off my chest in some way. Uh, but again, look at your intention. Are you trying to set a wildfire? Not if you're telling somebody that you really have a proven relationship that that can stay there. If, if you really are like, oh, I tell this person, oh, it's out to about 15 others like that. <laughs> we all know that, or 30 or 50 yeah. or whatever. So do look at your intentions. Um, and so these are things, practical things you can do to begin growing. Or you may already be a great servant leader. You just want to grow more. Um, that It's just always a lifelong journey to grow as a servant leader. So these may be reminders to you. Um, they may be new to you. But any one of them, if you just took one a week, one a month, whatever works for you, and just like, I'm just going to be really intentional about um, looking people in the eye and saying hi. Just try it. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. yeah, and I would say, you know, don't be fooled by their simplicity. Mm. Take some time to really mull them over in your mind um, because you may find a different sort of level within that small behavior. Um, you know, why am I not acknowledging people in the hallway? You know, am I, am I uncomfortable? Do I feel insecure where I am? Um, you know, what's, what's going on in me that's causing that? Um, so, you know, take some time to think about them uh, would be my piece of advice. And don't just take them totally as, oh, yeah, that's, that's so simple. It's, you know, what difference is that going to make? Sure. Well, that's incredible advice, Carol, because you don't know until you get out and practice this. And then you're saying this because you know you've been a servant leader for so many years that you know it works. And what you've done here well as director of our content and curriculum uh, division is to break it down into these 10 steps to help people. And you're right. The, the part that our ego is like, oh, these are nothing. I know all about these. That's the <laughs> ego. So be aware. Your ego is going to tell you that. Oh, I've got this. <laughs> but um it's not, it's not easy, any of this. And that's why um, we always talk about servant leadership. To, it's very simple and it's very complicated. It's that really interesting approach in, in leadership because you are dealing with people and human right. behavior. So you're going to deal with really tough stuff that's heartbreaking. But servant leaders uh, have a way of just persevering because they see the good in people and they're like, okay. This may have not worked, but I've got this person over here. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I can develop. I can grow. So thank you so much, Carol, for um, just all your contributions at the Institute. But you, you have such a great way to, to break it down for us. And um, we're excited to share these with everybody. We'll, we'll take on the next five in another mm -hmm. podcast. Anything you'd like to add, Carol, as we close up here? Oh, gosh. Well, you're right. It's, you know... I've been doing this since about 2004, and um, I've seen people radically change. I've seen some people unable to change. Sure. Um, but it's always new, and there's. It, it seems that in this body of work, that there's always a kind of another level, another little piece of depth that you can go to and, and that's why I I uh, challenge people to really you know spend a little time thinking about these things before they go off and and implement um, 
But it's a wonderful thing to be able to be who you really are at your job. Mm -hmm. And I think practicing servant leadership allows you to be that way and to even discover things within yourself that you didn't even know was there. Um, So I would just say to people, be encouraged and um, stay the course. And you'll see lots of, um, you'll, you'll reap lots of benefits. You truly, truly will. That's great, Carol. Just stay the course. And I'd like just to share uh, one of the analogies I use as growing as a servant leader. Growing up, I, uh, my family skied up at, uh, in Tahoe in Northern California at a Heavenly Valley. And we had the bunny slopes, then the beginner, then the intermediate, and the advance, and straight down <laughs> Heavenly Valley slope, which you pull up there and you see that, right? So, you know, there's different places we all are at. Sometimes we're just like, I'm taking down that slope. I'm going straight down. And other days you're like, I'm good. I'm good right over here in this beginner, <laughs> intermediate. You know, I'm ready to take on the advance. It kind of goes like that. You're going to have your good days, your bad days. And I always think of that like, it's okay. You know, just you're not always about just flying down that, that front slope. So easy here. You know, these are great steps just take it a step at a time and then you'll get you know more and more prepared for larger and larger challenges that we all face as leaders right and your leadership no matter how they feel they will see the change in you and that will have an impact can't tell you how can't tell you when but it will have an impact excellent well thank you everyone for listening to this podcast today Again, if you'd like a copy of SLI's 10 Things You Can Do Today to begin as a servant leader, just drop us an email at servantleadershipinstitute.com and be sure to include in the subject line 10 things and we'll send you a PDF so you can put these right in front of you as reminders and we'll take on the next five in another podcast. So stay tuned and we really appreciate all your support uh, listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. If you have some ideas that you'd like us to take on in terms of servant leadership content, you can also send us an email to that same address. So that's it for today. Good luck. Get out there and just just do it. Keep leading. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Hey, everyone, we hope this episode really helped you. As Robin and Carol said, we want to give you the PDF of 10 things you can do to begin as a servant leader. Just email info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the subject line 10 things. We will happily send that PDF over to you. Also, we want to ask that you please share this podcast channel with others around you, maybe someone you work with especially this episode if the person is an aspiring servant leader. We want this channel to grow and be able to impact more people. And with your support, we will achieve that goal. So thank you once again for allowing us to add value to your day. 